Good morning, church. <laughs> I'm Melinda Kern. I'm the director of student ministries here, if you don't know me. And I get this amazing opportunity this morning to share with you um, one of our next topics in our summer sermon series, Wise Guys. And we have, we've been learning um, all about wisdom from the book of Proverbs this summer. And we have a really important topic for this morning about how we can better use wisdom in a certain area of our lives. But before I get into that, I would love to pray. So would you please join me? Lord Jesus, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the message that you have prepared for each of us. Lord, would you open our hearts to receive that message? Jesus, would you open our hearts to receive you? Lord, I ask that my words would not be my own, but they would be yours. Lord, help me to say what it is you want me to say. Lord, help me to hold back what it is you don't want me to share. And Lord, for all of us, help us to grow closer to you today. And it's in your holy and precious name that we pray, Lord. Amen. All right, so wisdom is an important thing. It's an important attribute of God. But what we've been learning in this series is that it's not only an attribute of God, but we as people can have wisdom as well, is that we get to grow in wisdom and apply it to certain areas of our lives. And so that is what we're going to talk about today. But I'm going to give you an opportunity, if you haven't figured it out yet, what is it that we're going to focus on today? So I'm going to rattle off a few more Proverbs for you to help get you prepared for this. So Proverbs 14.3, a fool's mouth lashes out with pride, but the lips of the wise protect them. Proverbs 15, 1 through 2. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. Proverbs 20, 19. A gossip betrays confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. <laughs> oh, I hope not. <laughs> Proverbs 26, 20. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. Proverbs 18, 6 through 8. The lips of fools bring them strife, and their mouths invite a beating. The mouths of fools are their undoing, and their lips are a snare to their very lives. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. And then our big one for this morning. Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. All right, did you figure it out, church? <laughs> Have you figured out what we're talking about today? We're talking about how to use our words and how to apply wisdom to how we use those words. And now when I say words, I'm not just talking about the things that we speak out loud, the things that we say, but I mean more than that. Our words are not just the things we say, but it's the things that we type, that we text, that we post online. And our words are also the things that we think in our minds and that we say to ourselves that maybe others don't hear. All of those words have the power of life and death. 
And it shouldn't be a surprise, but I think for most of us, <laughs> most of our world, we forget that our words are very powerful. But God tells us that words have power, and he shows it from the very beginning. And even when we go back to Genesis, to the creation story, to Genesis 1, where the world, the universe, where you and me, where we come from, it's all God speaks. God speaks and it happens. Life happens. Words are powerful. And if we are the image bearers of God, how is it that we forget that our words can be powerful too? It says right in Proverbs that our words have the power of life and death. That our words can have an impact and a lifelong impact. So I want to give you a little visual, a little example of how powerful our words actually can be. Can I have my picture? Maybe. There it is. So if you don't recognize it, it's a telephone pole. And I'm sure you've seen these around town where there's a telephone pole and then people hang up posters and signs for garage sales or maybe a lost dog or some kind of business opportunity. And, you know, they use nails and they use staples to keep that secure in there. You guys, our words are like those staples and those nails. Is that when we speak things that are harsh or angry or bitter or even quick and judgmental, is that they can really stick and really have an impact on someone's heart and on their thoughts. And that even over time, you'll see the people go out right in the city and they'll take down those signs, they'll try and pull out those staples, they'll pull out those nails, and even though those things might be gone and might not be there, there are still lasting marks. There are still scars and wounds that are left in that telephone pole. And our words will do the same for someone else. Our words have power. They are impactful. And they can really, really impact someone, even lifelong. So God wants you to know that our words have a lot of power that they have the power of life and death. But here's the thing. It's all throughout Scripture. Jesus talks about this all throughout the Bible. But as I was preparing for this, I absolutely love when science and research prove what God's been saying the whole time. Love it. <laughs> and I found a ton of information. And so... Bear with me, church, <laughs> but I think this is all really helpful to see that this is really important for us to know and to take serious. So, what has research and science found? Well, recent brain imaging studies support the theory that words affect how people experience pain, like actual pain. And in their neuroscience experiment, Do Words Hurt?, Maria Richter and her collaborating scientists monitored subjects' brain responses to auditory and even imagined negative words. What they found during this process is they discovered that painful or negative words released in the subjects' brains stress and anxiety-inducing hormones. 
so that a subjects either saw a negative word or heard a negative word, they went into stress and anxiety mode. And then what their research found even further was that they had children that were normal, average children, healthy, and that they found that children that had negative self-talk, so they're not seeing words from somewhere else, they're not hearing it from other people, but they're saying it to themselves, actually had long-term anxiety. And then they found that that was the same for adults as well. That these adults had long-term anxiety that had experienced long-term negative words. So it doesn't just go away. And if any of you know somebody that has anxiety, or maybe you do yourself, it is not an easy burden to bear. Words are powerful. But I also want you to know that for a long time, people have thought that verbal abuse was somehow a lesser abuse than physical abuse. But psychologists and therapists have now found that verbal abuse is actually just as detrimental or maybe even worse than physical abuse. And it leaves inner scars, almost like my example with the telephone pole. That's a lot of pain. That's a lot of pain, right, church? But that's not just all I found. Did you know that one in three adults in the United States experiences verbal bullying and abuse in the workplace? Did you also know that one in five high school students will experience verbal bullying and abuse at school? And one in six high schoolers will experience verbal abuse and bullying online. And I think we can see it, I think we've been seeing it more and more in our world, is that words and hate and anger have been everywhere. And it touches everyone. It impacts everyone. But church, I don't want to just leave you with the negative. <laughs> That's not what this is about, because there is a flip side to it. Because research and studies have found as well that positive words and affirmation, words that contain love and joy and peace, words that are patient, kind. Do these sound familiar at all? Like maybe some fruits of the spirit, right? People that experience words like this also have a chemical reaction in their brains. Is that their brains release hormones that actually create motivation and encouragement and can totally change how someone has been functioning in their daily lives is that also when people receive positive affirmations, when they hear these words that are seasoned with Jesus, in my opinion, that their brains release oxytocin. And if you don't know what that is, that's a feel-good hormone. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel positive, right? And that they found that people, when they interacted with each other, and they had somebody share positive words and affirmations and encouragements, that when that oxytocin was released, that it actually creates a stronger relationship and trust with that person that was sharing those things. That there's a trust built. That's a good thing. So our words have the power of life and death. Jesus has been sharing it, and research is supporting it and proving it.
But here's the thing, church. I don't want you to just hear me today and think that this is all about the right and the wrong and am I doing the good thing and not being a bad person. And it's not just a morality issue here. It's not about saying, I've seen how the fool is in Proverbs. I don't want to be the fool. I'd rather be the wise guy and I'm just going to have to do better to do that, right? That's not the only thing that I want us to look at here. That's the simple way of saying it. But the deeper truth, the deeper meaning here, actually comes from our reading in Matthew. Because church, this is not just about how we use our words correctly. It's a heart issue. Because our words are actually a tell of what is going on in our hearts. So, Matthew 12, 33 through 35. Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. I want you to hear that again. For the mouth speaks what the heart is is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. So again, what Jesus is saying here is that the words that we speak, that we think to ourselves, that we post, that we text, all of those words are a true indicator of what's going on within our hearts. So church, what have your words been saying about your heart lately? Have your words been positive? Have they been loving? Have they been kind? Have they been patient? Have they been full of Jesus? Or have your words maybe been angry and bitter and harsh and hurtful? Church, what are your words saying about your heart? All right, if you were cringing a little bit and were like, oh, Melinda, this is really uncomfortable, take heart. <laughs> there is hope, and that hope is Jesus, because we see in James that we cannot tame our tongues on our own, that we need Jesus' help to do that. Jesus is the only one that can change our hearts and fix our hearts. That means Jesus is the only one that can fix our words. So church, if you are feeling a little convicted by what I, what I shared this morning, don't let that be a discouragement. Don't let that be what brings shame. Let it be an opportunity for a heart check. Where if you are finding yourselves in a place where you know your words are not a reflection of Jesus, when you know that your heart maybe is a little unempty when it comes to Jesus, let that be an opportunity for a heart check and to get your hearts realigned with him and to be in step with the Holy Spirit so that you can speak those words of life. I want to give you an example to encourage you in this because discipleship is a lifelong journey it is Jesus fixing our hearts, keeping us on the path, putting us back on the path. It, 
takes time, and we're never going to do this perfectly. And we're always going to have opportunities to grow and to know him more and to grow closer to him. And so the story I want to share with you actually happened to me uh, probably a few months ago. It was about spring, and I was at the UPS store. And if you've ever been to the post office or the UPS store, you know that can be a little chaotic, right? Maybe not such a positive experience. Well, this was not one of those. Um, I was in line, and there was a lady there, and she was just irate. She wasn't understanding a new policy change that had happened, and she was letting every employee have it, just yelling, swearing, just saying terrible things. Um, it, was, it was really uncomfortable, and um, one of the employees that she was just lashing out at and throwing some really awful words at was a teenage guy. And it got to the point where this teenager had to actually walk away and go to the back because it was so bad. And I could see him around the corner and I could see he had started to cry. And you could tell that her words really hurt. And so me being the student ministries director and really caring about teenagers, my anger started to <laughs> well up. And I was like, I'm going to let this lady have it. <laughs> like, she let a teenager cry, and she's just terrible. And I wanted to say some not great things. And I wanted to interject into this situation. And Holy Spirit all of a sudden was like, nope. <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> We're going to hold back. We also see in Proverbs, there's a lot of talk about holding back as well. <laughs> but Holy Spirit then told me in that moment, she has a lot of hurt in her heart. Her words are a reflection of what's going on in her heart. And also what's going on in her heart could be she's experienced something from someone else too. Pray for her. So I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> So I did, as I was still waiting in line for this whole situation to finally be over with. I just prayed that the Lord would change her heart, that he would fix the situation. I didn't know what it was, but that this was an opportunity for me to grow closer to Jesus and not let my words get in the way, but let him do only the work that he could do in her heart. And then it gave me the opportunity to bring my anger down a little bit, to bring my words back into check, so that when I got up to the counter and had the employees there, I was able to speak kindness and goodness and gentleness to the point that the guy from uh, behind the corner came out and he said, thank you, your words, I know I'm going to now have a better day. It's going to be a good day. Holy Spirit wants to do that for each of you as well. So in those moments where your words can get away and your words are not going to speak life, let that be a heart check and an opportunity to get back in step with Holy Spirit and to let Jesus fill your heart. Our words have the power of life and death. And our words are an opportunity for us to speak life into this world where we see a lot of hate and a lot of darkness right now. And so the last thing I want to share with you today, church, is that your words are maybe a first opportunity for someone to encounter Jesus. 
And so the things that you say and how you speak might give somebody a glimpse into knowing who Jesus is. So not only are you speaking life to somebody in the scientific terms and helping them have that oxytocin moment, but you're also speaking life eternal because when your words are full of Jesus, people are getting to know Jesus and having life, not just here and now, but after. Because I got to know Jesus through your words. So as you leave here today, let your heart be full of Jesus because then your words will too. And you'll get to speak life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you care deeply about our hearts and what our hearts are full of. Lord, help us to keep our hearts full of you and in check. Lord, I ask that our hearts would be a reflection of who you are and that our words would follow. Lord, we apologize for the times that we have not spoken life. Lord, when we have contributed to the hurt that someone else maybe feels. Lord, I ask that you would help us to realign our hearts to you. Jesus, I pray, Lord, for each of us to just be filled with your Holy Spirit and that others may experience you through the words that we speak. Jesus, we thank you for you. We thank you for your grace and your forgiveness. And Lord, help us to live this well in the world. And it's in your holy and precious name that we pray. Amen.